Well, good morning. I want to once again welcome you to Paradise Valley Christian Church. Thanking you each for being here, taking the time to join us as we gather together as a body of Christ. A lot of things took place this past week, and a lot of good things took place. And I'm praising God for the opportunity to um, have a week, 10 days now, with my new baby girl, Berkeley. And uh, we're excited about that. And I appreciate Warren Steele uh, filling in last Sunday and sharing from God's Word and giving me an opportunity to, to be at the hospital for the birth and all that kind of stuff. And, and so thank you, Warren, for that. appreciate that very much. Uh, this past week, we also had our vacation Bible school, and we're going to show a little video, uh, share a little bit about that and after uh, at the end of the service, but a great week of vacation Bible school. And uh, Larry and I also got an opportunity to, to go to the... The Gideons Luncheon, the Gideons that uh, do a lot of handing out of Bibles and that sort of thing. And uh, we got to hear some good things that are going on in other congregations around our area, as well as get to just share with them the, the fact that I see a, a lot of things taking place in this congregation as we uh, maneuver through this difficult time and seeing how you are reaching out with the love of Christ and imagining more uh, in this body of believers and what that will look like in the future and how we reach more people for Jesus. And so thank you uh, for uh, giving us as uh, pastors, leaders here at the church, something encouraging to share uh, at a meeting like the Gideon's Luncheon. And so this morning we are continuing through a, a simple series titled Parables Through Matthew. And one thing that I always found in ministry over the last uh, 16 or so years, years of doing youth and music ministry is that if I share with you God's word, God's word can change you and can mold you and to make you into who he wants you to be. And so uh, in a difficult time in our world's history, even going to God's word and hearing the parables of Jesus can bring us hope and encouragement and strength and conviction and change in our lives. And so I pray that that takes place this morning. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 15 uh, and we're going to begin in verse 10, but before we get to verse 10, there's a little bit of context that I want you to know about as we look in verses 1 through 9. In verses 1 through 9, we have Jesus, and he's engaged in controversy with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes, and, and it's regarding this idea of the observance of the law. And Matthew notes that these Pharisees and scribes came from Jerusalem to Galilee to see Jesus, which would be a tribute to his growing reputation, but also a tribute to their growing discomfort for him. They criticized Jesus for not correcting his disciples when they failed to observe ritual cleansing, as you look in verse 2 of chapter 15. And Jesus countered, by noting their failure to honor their father and their mothers in accordance with the Ten Commandments. And he concluded by saying in verse 7 down, down through 9, You hypocrites! Isaiah was right when, the prof when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. And the issue going on here is that of man-made tradition versus God's law. The truth is, is that the Jewish tradition stemmed 
from good motives. They had a heart for trying to help people follow the law to the best of their ability. And as they worked towards that, their motives were good, but it kind of got skewed. While the Torah, which of course is the first five books written by Moses... That Torah law included a great deal of detail. It, it never really was designed to try to attempt and to hit every single scenario that might ever be possible. And so the rabbis who loved God and wanted to keep the law faithfully, they developed the Mishnah compiled in 200 BC to 135 AD and the Talmud which was compiled 250 to 500 AD to provide, you know, a little bit more detailed guidance. And the Mishnah and Talmud grew to enormous proportions, filling nearly 36,000 pages. And while intended as helpful guidance for people who might otherwise stumble in error, it didn't really turn out that way. In fact, problems arose when these man-made works took on an authority nearly equal to the Torah itself. And in their desire to be all-inclusive, rabbis had expanded the law be far beyond its original intent. They would take something that was maybe originally for just the priests, and then they would apply it to everyone. Or maybe they would take a specific uh, law or rule that was applicable only in specific search situations, and they expanded it to cover all situations. And they went into nearly infinite detail making the law more complex and more binding with each word. Caught up in such detail, a person could fail to see the forest for the trees. And so in verses 1 through 9, the Pharisees questioned Jesus for allowing his disciples to ignore the ritual hand-washing required by their tradition. And Jesus responded by calling attention to their failure to keep God's law to honor father and mother, one of the Ten Commandments. An exception permitted not by God, but by their own traditions. And so the question comes, could their tradition developed to help them to obey God's law be valid if it excused them from obeying God's law? And, of course, the answer is no. No, no human law should ever supersede God's law. And Jesus' discussion in verse 1 through 9 easily translates and, and easily flows into the verses 10 through 20 on the reality that it's not about ritual, it's about relationship. And if I was to rename the title of this message, I, I might rename it, it's not about hamburgers, it's about heart. Will you pray with me? God, this morning, as we gather into your presence, I praise you for each individual here and, and the life they represent and the, the heart they have to live for you and in a world that is so full of the things of Satan, God, I pray that we stand firm in what we know to be true we stand firm in, on your word. God, may we proclaim it, may we teach it, may we speak about it, may we share it with our children, our grandchildren, our neighbors, our co-workers. Father, may the word, your word, live faithfully in and through us. And so God, teach us this morning 
May it all be about you. And it's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. If you want to follow along with me in Matthew chapter 15, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, go ahead and grab those. If you have an electronic device that has a Bible in it and you have a specific version that you enjoy using, use that. I'm using the NIV starting in verse 10 of chapter 15. It says, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen and understand. What goes into a man's mouth does not make him unclean, But what comes out of his mouth, that is what makes him unclean. Then the the disciples came to him and asked, do you know, Jesus, hey, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? (laughs) Jesus replied, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If a blind man leads a blind man... Both will fall into a pit. Peter said, well, explain the parable to us. Are you still so dull? Jesus asked. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out the body? But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart, and these make a man unclean. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what makes a man unclean, but eating with unwashed hands does not make him unclean. And once again, as we go through these parables, I think Jesus does a pretty good job of explaining the parable, doesn't he? It's pretty straightforward. He teaches us exactly what he wants us to learn. And the earthly, as we look at this, we we see that the earthly, the traditional, the temporal, the physical things that we become so concerned with in this life, well, they're really going to have no real bearing on eternity. What goes on in our hearts and in our minds carries with it eternal significance. So is your heart right with God this morning? That's what you really need to wrestle with. That's really what these verses are getting at this morning. Is your heart right with God? And as you wrestle with that, I'd like for us to to dig a little deeper. I, I think there are a few spiritual concepts that we can look at and evaluate in our own lives this morning. And if you're taking notes, the first thing that I would have you write down is the depravity of of the heart. In verse 18, it says, But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart, and these make a man unclean. A lot of times we think, well, what, what causes people to sin? What, what, what causes them to stumble? Is it their environment, where they grew up, how, how they lived, their family members, the people around them, the, the, the influences? What, what about the, the devil made me do it? You know, maybe that's where our sin comes from. And as we look at these verses, I wonder, do we ever look within ourselves? Are we ever looking within instead of always looking without and wanting to blame other people? As you look at this concept of being depraved, depravity, the corruption, the perverseness, wickedness, the rottenness, 
of what Jesus speaks about, the human heart, we think we're pretty good for the most part, don't we? We say, well, you know, I, I opened the door for so-and-so the other day, or I, may, I got up out of my seat and let somebody else sit down, or I remember on the 4th of July, the parking lot, I don't remember because I'm new here, but the parking lot right below the event center was packed with cars and the fireworks show got done, and then everybody from on top of the hill was wanting to come down, everybody in the parking lot was wanting to go out, and, and I, I felt like I was a real good person being able to be patient and wait for the next car to go and let them in line before me. I mean, isn't that our mentality? We think we're pretty good, don't we? We pay our taxes, you know, we, we call our moms or, you know, whatever might you, you might think that causes us to be really good people. The sad thing is, is that's not really what Scripture says. These verses speak about our hearts. And in these verses, it says it's from our hearts that evil comes. In Isaiah 53, verse 6, Isaiah 53, verse 6 says, We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Just yesterday at the men's prayer breakfast, we were discussing the concept of the world that we live in and the fact that at times we, we are following like sheep. And the comment was made, I guess it just depends on which shepherd you're following. And I pray that we're following the good shepherd. And yet, even the good shepherd says that we are like sheep, that we've all made mistakes, that we've gone our own way. And, and our, from our perspective, we've got it all figured out, that we're okay, we're better than so-and-so. And yet, from God's holy, perfect perspective, we are wicked, we're perverse, we're rebellious people. In a lot of ways, we think we're moral, and yet the reality is, is that we can be moral and not spiritual. We can be moral and yet not spiritual. In Jeremiah 17, verse 9, Jeremiah 17, verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? And then in Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 12, Paul speaks to the church in Rome and says, There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. And there is no one who does good, not even one. Side note, one of our professors, some of you know him, Dale Mason at Bible College, he would say, how you doing? I'd say, good. And he's all, no, you're not. What do you mean? Well, no one is good. I'm like, okay, yes, I know, that's what the Bible says, okay. So that stuck with me. But the reality is, is we're messed up, aren't we? We make mistakes. We're a people that have failed, that have fallen short. And God doesn't sugarcoat it here. Our hearts at times are filthy, stinky. They're a mess. I think about even Brooks the other day, our five-year-old who uh, was once our youngest, now not so much. Five seems so much older than a newborn. But just the other day, him and Bria were playing, and they're pretending to watch TV. And we overhear Brooks say something to the effect of, 
Turn the channel to PG-13. Turn the channel to PG-13. Now, of course, we thought that was hilarious as parents, you know, turn the channel to PG-13. And, of course, he said it out of innocence. But doesn't that really give us a glimpse into the tendencies that we have as humans? We want to ride the purity line, don't we? We want to push the limits. And I think about uh, uh, one of the events at Camp Christian in Colorado, one year that I interned there, they, they did a tug-of-war between two teams and had the rope and had a big mud pit in the middle. And some kids blindly, you know, just kind of went up and grabbed the rope any which place on the, and we were getting ready to go. Well, I w- went to the far end, as far away from the mud as possible, because I knew if we were to lose, all the people in front of me would end up in the mud, and I would just kind of stand back, oh, well, sorry, okay, you know. But the reality of life is a lot of times as Christians, we want to get as close to the mud as possible. We don't necessarily want to get in it because we know that's not okay. But when it comes to the, the holiness, the purity line, we want to ride the line so close that if we accidentally stumble, we fall over from being holy to being unholy. Instead of getting as far away from the line our human nature wants to get as close to the line as possible. In Romans 3, 23, very familiar verse, but I want to read verse 24 as well. It says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. If we're going to battle against the fleshly nature in our lives, and we first of all need to realize that we have a sin problem. It's a sin problem that only God can fix in our lives. And not only does sin destroy our hearts, but it can cause us to go blind. Darkness in the eyes. How well is your vision this morning? Once again, Jesus gives an example of what was taking place at the time. And in a lot of ways to us, it just sounds like craziness. As you read verses 13 and 14, it says, He replied, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. And he's referring to the Pharisees and the Sadducees at the time. Leave them. They are blind guides. If a blind man leads a blind man... Both will fall into a pit. And once again, it's like, that's, why would he even say that? It's so crazy. Why would a blind person lead another blind person? You know, in, the, in my mind, I just begin to imagine a group of people that are walking around with no sight. And they don't know where they're going. And, and they're crying out for help. And they're stumbling over things. And, and they're receiving pain. And life is difficult. And they're crying out and saying, help. Can someone help us? Please, anybody help us. In, in the distance you hear, we can, yeah. Uh, and then there's another group of people that say, yeah, we're, we're willing to help. Here, we'll, we'll come help you. But in reality, that other group of people are also blind. And the picture is just ridiculous. Why would that make sense? Why would that be something that would ever take place? And in these verses says, eventually both the blind and the blind guides will fall into a pit. 
And this morning, how can you, how can you help someone else that's blind if you yourself are blind? I I mean, at the time that this was written, it would seem that the Pharisees kind of had it all together, wouldn't it? I mean, they were the ones that were teaching. They were the ones that were speaking about the writings of Moses. They were the spiritual leaders. How were they blind? And let me say this, that there's a difference between light and sight. There's a difference between light and sight. Just because you are in the light doesn't mean you have sight. Just because you are in the light doesn't automatically mean that you have sight. A blind person can be fully immersed in in the bright sun of the noonday, and yet he is still blind. He still cannot see because he's blind. The churchgoer, they can come on Sunday morning and be fully immersed in a vast amounts of Scripture and still see nothing because they are blind. And that's the problem, isn't it? As we look at these Pharisees, they were not willing to see Jesus for who he was, the Son of God. They were not willing to see their sin within their hearts. They were more concerned about a man-made tradition about washing their hands than what was going on in their own hearts. In 2 Corinthians 3, 14 through 16, Paul says to the church in Corinth, but their minds were made dull. He's speaking in reference to the time where Moses had a veil over his face, and, and yet they're, they're having a hard time coming to the reality of the new covenant. And so he says, but their minds were made dull. For to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. See, there's there's no way around it. The sin in our lives causes us to be blind. But did you hear what verse 16 had to say? It says, but whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So what about you? Would you be someone who is in the light, but still without their sight? It makes me think of an article from November 30th, 1991. It says, where fierce winds from a freakish dust storm triggered a massive freeway pileup along Interstate 5 near Kalinga, California. And at least 14 people died and dozens more were injured as topsoil whipped by 50 mile per hour winds reduced visibility to zero. The afternoon holocaust left a three mile trail of twisted and burning vehicles, some stacked on top of one another, 100 yards off the side of the freeway. Unable to see their way, Dozens of motorists drove blindly ahead into disaster. 
Is that you? Are you unable to see spiritually in your life because sin has caused you to go blind? And instead of slowing down and repenting of that sin, you blindly forge ahead into disaster? Are you more wrapped up in the human traditions of the church? Or do you care more about what God cares about? What God cares about is the condition of the heart of every human soul on the face of the earth. And if you are part of the blind leading the blind, then the scripture says that at one point you're going to end up in a pit. And we need to realize that if we continue in the sin that causes our hearts to be depraved and our eyes to be darkened, then the end result is being defiled before God. To be living a defiled life. As we look in verses 16 down through 19 again, it says, Are you still so dull? Jesus said. And of course, that just really strikes me interesting. It, it, it strikes me funny, but then it also convicts me as well. Because I wonder, how many times is Jesus up in heaven looking down saying, Charles, are you still so dull? Can't you get this figured out? Can't you be patient the way that I'm patient with you? Can't you lead the way that I lead you? You know, and I, I wonder how many times is Jesus saying to us, are we still so dull? Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out the body? But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. And these make a man unclean. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what make a man unclean. But eating with unwashed hands does not make him unclean. In verse 17 in the NIV, it uses the word unclean. And in the New King James Version in verse 17, it uses this word defile. And the Vine's New Testament Dictionary defines defile this way, to stain, to tinge, or dye with another color, as in the staining of glass, hence to pollute, contaminate, to soil, to render unholy, unclean. And Peter and the other disciples, they, again, they're not getting it. And if I'm in their shoes, I'm probably not getting it either. I'm thinking what comes out of the mouth makes them unclean. And I'm thinking of all my kids and the times that they've thrown up, you know. And that's, that to me, that's unclean, you know. That's probably what he's getting at here, isn't it? Well, no, it's not. That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus makes it very clear that we are not unclean before God because of what is physically inside us. What's really what's going on inside of our hearts. In fact, I recently read a story from May of 2019 of a guy named Ben Su from Taiwan. And Ben was getting ready to go to sleep one night and he put in his AirPods, you know, the fancy wireless Bluetooth things that Apple makes to connect to your devices. And he put them in there and, and he goes to sleep. And the next morning, the article said he woke up and he was having a hard time finding one of the AirPods. So he begins looking around, all around his room, under the covers, the pillow, under the bed. He's not finding it. So he chooses to use the Apple, 
you know, finds your tracking device feature, and he sets it off, and pretty soon he hears beep, beep, beep. He's like, all right, it's got to be somewhere in here. It's in, it's in my room somewhere, and he's listening for the beep, 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 and he's looking under everything, and he can't find it still, and he's hearing the beep, 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 and pretty soon he realizes that the beep, beep, beep is coming from his stomach. Somehow, don't ask me how, I have no clue, but somehow, within the course of his dreaming, sleeping, he ended up swallowing one of the AirPods, and sure enough, he heads, it, heads into the doctor, and they confirm through x-ray that the AirPod was inside of Ben's stomach. And, and the doctor must have read this verse, verse 17 of chapter 15, because it says, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach? And then out the body, okay? So no surgery was recommended. In fact, the doctor had Ben take some laxatives, of course, here. And, uh, and he waited a couple days waiting for this AirPod to come out. And sure enough, a couple days later, eventually, the AirPod came out and he washes it up. And amazingly enough, it still worked and he put it back in his ear, all right? Now that to me is unclean, but that's not what Jesus is saying here. <laughs> that's being cheap. Yeah, those things are expensive, I think. But that's not what Jesus is saying. That's, that's not the uncleanliness that Jesus is speaking about. You see, it's not what goes in or out of us physically that makes us unclean. And yet the Jews, they thought it was the eating with unclean hands that somehow pollutes a man's soul. And of course, Jesus says, no. Good and evil do not well up from the food supply, but from the heart. The filth of the gut cannot compare with the filth of the heart. We easily dispose of the filth of the gut, and it ceases to affect us, but the filth of the heart is more persistent, and it's also more deadly. The sins that Matthew lists as coming from the heart make up the sixth through the ninth commandments that we see in Exodus 20. And these sins affect relationships. These sins affect and they destroy life. They destroy marriages and families. They destroy self-respect and integrity. They destroy property. They destroy reputation. And these are serious Sins with long-lasting and often tragic effects. And in the Bible, the heart often represents our thoughts and our desires. And I, as I thought about that, I, I wonder, what, what is he getting at then? What comes out of our mouth comes from our heart. And recently, and not just recently, but a lot recently, my boys have really got into Nerf guns. In fact, they'll watch on YouTube, like, critiques of, YouTube, of Nerf guns, and they'll watch like um, how new Nerf guns that are coming out and how to use them and what uh, different attachments you can add to them. And then they'll, they'll watch other people that have made videos of themselves playing with Nerf guns. My kids will watch other kids play with Nerf guns, all right? And that's how much they just love Nerf guns. They'll t they, they look them up on Amazon to see how much they cost. And, and their thoughts are consumed with Nerf guns. And their hearts and their minds desire to have more Nerf guns. And guess what my boys often talk about 
any chance they get. Nerf guns, that's right. And that's what Jesus is getting at here. What's going on in your heart and in your mind, that's what comes out in your mouth. So what things are you talking about? What things are you thinking about? What things are you desiring in your life? And if they're evil, then that is what is going on in your heart. And as we evaluate our own lives in these areas of a depraved heart and darkened eyes and a defiled life, some of you here this morning may be feeling hopeless. You might be thinking, well, this is a downer of a message. And maybe this morning you're feeling the, the same way Adam and Eve felt when they first sinned against God and suddenly they realized that they were naked and they were full of shame and they tried to hide from God. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you're trying to hide from God. Maybe you're trying to run from God. And I just want to say to you, please don't hide from God. Please don't run from God. See, God's word is very clear about the reality of our sin problem in our lives and how it can destroy us. But God's word is also very clear that God made a way for you and I to be made right with him, to come back to him through the blood of Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross. See, God is crying out to you this morning, and he's crying, please, Please come back. And so as the praise team comes this morning, let me share with you a verse from Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. It says, Come now. Come now. Let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. And if you know that you are unclean before God this morning because of the condition of your heart, and you need to be made clean through the sacrifice Jesus made for you on the cross, we want you to come. If you need to repent of your sins and confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior and be baptized into Christ for the very first time to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, then as we sing, will you please not wait another day? Please come. Will you stand with us this morning? pray with me God we're grateful for the opportunity to come together as the body of Christ and I thank you again for each one here this morning that has joined us online as well God as we are the body of Christ out in the world Father I pray that we live in a way that causes others to be drawn to you that we would speak truth into people's lives 
And the truth is, is that as humans, we're messed up. We need you as a Lord and as our Savior. We need to be washed clean, our sins taken away. Father, I pray that we would share the hope that only comes through the, your son, Jesus. The hope of eternity that can be spent with you because of the sacrifice, the grace, the forgiveness, the mercy that is shown to each and every one of us through the blood of Jesus. God, I pray that we would share that hope with the world, that more people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. It's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to share just a, a short VBS video, and then I have a few other announcements I want to uh, share with you this morning. <laughs> 